Chapter Nine of As in a Mirror by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nine: Overturned Plans. Public opinion, as represented by the little world that knew these people, was two-sided as usual. There were those who were sure that Rex Hartwell would live to regret his folly and obstinacy. The idea of throwing away thousands just because his father had been a doctor what was the promise of a baby to his mother she must have been a silly mother to have thought that so young a child could be influenced it will be perceived that in all this logic was no better attended to than it generally is in public opinion there were others who rejoiced in the spirit the young man showed they said the squire had ruled people all his life for their part they were glad he had found his match but it was pretty hard on Nanny. They wondered if she would stay in the squire's employ. No, she did not. Squire Hartwell found it necessary to quarrel also with her, because he could not make her say that she thought his nephew was a simpleton, and that unless he complied with his uncle's wishes she would have nothing more to do with him. Nanny was curtly dismissed from the house on the afternoon of the day that Rex had received his dismissal the squire only relenting sufficiently to say to her that if, in the course of a month, she got her common sense back, and was able to reason, that addle-pated follower of hers, into something like decency of behavior, he might be prevailed upon to change his mind. It made him angry that Nanny vouchsafed no reply to this beyond a very wise smile, that said as plainly as words could have done, I think you know your nephew, and me also, well enough to expect no such thing. For days together after that, Squire Hartwell was savage with everybody who had to come near him. The poor old man missed Nanny almost more than he did his nephew, and perhaps needed her more. But it was certainly very hard upon the young people. All their well-laid plans had been overturned there had been a tacit understanding between them that near the Christmas time there would be a wedding, and then that Nanny should assume the management of the old stone house. Her husband could easily go back and forth to town every night and morning while he was studying, and both of them agreed that since Squire Hartwell evidently took it for granted that such arrangements would be made, it would not be fair to him to plan otherwise this habit of his of taking things for granted was responsible for much of the trouble had there been a frank talk and a full understanding from the first it is possible that much sorrow might have been avoided but squire hartwell had all his life been in the habit of assuming that people could read so much of his plans as it was necessary for them to know without any help from him when he had become reconciled to the marriage as inevitable, he had, without any hint from the young people most concerned, spoken of the holiday season as the time when most foolish deeds were done, and then had begun to refer in a casual way to matters that he and Nanny would attend to while that husband of hers was away at his books. How were they to know that the older man meant law books, though the heart of the younger one was fixed upon medical books? hardly any other two people in the world could have been as much together as were uncle and nephew in those days 
without a better understanding of each other's plans but squire hartwell's lifelong habit of reticence except in certain directions was as strong upon him as ever and the dislike he had to being questioned was well understood his nephew had once during one of these allusions to the future when squire hartwell and nanny should be left together remarked that it took money to make daily journeys to town and spend one's time in study and the squire had answered sharply that he did not see any occasion to worry about that hadn't there been money enough for him to spend his life thus far in study it hadn't given out yet when it did he should be duly notified they took it those poor young people as a hint that they were not to worry about money so they did not and now they had been duly notified among squire hartwell's closing sarcasms to nanny on that last afternoon had been the question whether she supposed that her excellent brained rex remembered that it took money to spend one's days in study to say nothing of supporting a wife nanny marvin during those very trying days took refuge so far as squire marvin was concerned in almost total silence she had begun to have a measure of affection for the lonely crabbed old man a feeling that was fast disappearing before his persistent unkindness to his nephew but her memory of what had been as well as her sense of self-respect kept her silent instead of allowing her to pour out the indignant truth upon him as she felt at times a keen desire to do they had gone out from the stone house then those two to reconstruct their life plans as best they might they were not crushed both had been brought up on too rigid an economic basis until very recently to feel keenly the loss of money at least they thought they had of course it is one thing to be poor and have a father or uncle who is after all the responsible person who will probably manage some way for one and quite another to be one's self responsible not only for one's own expenditures but for others but this they were as yet too young and carefree to realize they talked it all over cheerfully between the bursts of righteous indignation you don't blame me do you dear for not trying to have myself ground into a lawyer at his dictation rex would ask wistfully having asked the same in substance in every possible varying form and nanny would reply as she had in substance a hundred times already of course not rex how can you ask such a question when i know that all your tastes and talents lie in another direction i always hated their musty old law books anyway and it never seemed nice to me to make one's living by the quarrels of others your uncle is just the sort of man to like such a profession though i believe he enjoys quarrels it is so much nobler to be planning to save lives i dream of you rex as coming to some home where they are all but distracted where the attending physician has failed and as a last resort you the great dr hartwell are called in council and you save a life just think of it rex a life and then compare that with the work of a lawyer he always laughed merrily over the tone of contempt with which she exploded that word lawyer and once he said gaily oh nanny you are not logical 
you forget that as a lawyer i might make so eloquent a plea as to convince judge and jury and save a man from the gallows but she had logic for that no it isn't in the least the same thing no doubt he would be a miserable wretch who ought to be hanged and you would have to twist the truth and smirch the truth in order to save him but a doctor is next to god in the way he holds life and death in his hand she grew grave and sweet with the close of her sentence whether logical or not rex hartwell loved to hear her and to have her add besides a promise is a promise if it is made by a little child and you know you promised your mother to be a physician like your father so they replanned their life and looked bravely down the long stretch of years wherein they must be separated and told each other that they were young and strong and could endure it and that it should not be so very long they would both work so well and wisely that obstacles would be overcome almost before they knew it and in spite of all they were happy and at times pitied the lonely old man who had banished them the young man speedily found a position in a doctor's office in the city where for certain services rendered he was to receive board and opportunity to study and the privilege of asking what questions he chose it was not so easy to locate nanny rex hartwell was willing to drudge but he found that he shrank from drudgery for her in the abstract it was brave and beautiful in her to plan hard work he liked to hear her but when it came to a definite position he shrank from each one that offered with such manifest pain that nanny hesitated and remained at home meantime her friend hildreth elliot was making such a beautiful success of the country school where she had taught for two seasons that nanny all but envied her and wished much for a like opening for herself they interested themselves somewhat in the new heir to the hartwell estate they knew the name was king and that there was a remote and almost forgotten family connection that made a show of justice in the new will squire hartwell it was said at one time saw the young man when he was a child of seven or eight and told him if he grew up and became a lawyer perhaps he would leave him some money to buy law books the boy had grown up but he was not a lawyer opinion was divided among the country folk as to what he was nanny marvin heard somewhere that he was an author and asked rex if he might possibly be connected with that stuart king who wrote those articles in the review that created such a sensation but rex thought not because he knew that his uncle despised a mere writer of books unless indeed they were law books then they wondered whether the heir would come soon to visit his fine acres and whether he would be an agreeable accession to the neighborhood and naturally how he would treat them should they ever get a chance to meet and both of them understood the uncle so well that they had not a thought of his relenting matters were in this state with rex hartwell studying hard in the physician's office in town and snatching a few minutes each day to write a line to nanny who had that harder lot of waiting at home for work to come to her when a new interest and excitement filled the neighborhood suddenly unexpectedly 
as he had done everything else in his long life, Squire Hartwell died. One morning driving about his grounds, giving orders in his most caustic style, the next lying in state in his parlour, with the housekeeper wiping her eyes as she tried to give particulars. Speculation ran high as to whether the new heir would honour the funeral with his presence, and great was the disappointment when the report was circulated that he was abroad and must be represented by his lawyer. The funeral was held, and all the village and countryside, as well as not a few from the city who had known Squire Hartwell in a business way, honoured his dust with their presence. But it was Rex Hartwell, the disinherited, who followed him to the grave as chief, and indeed only mourner. Though Nanny Marvin cried a little, as seated in the Elliot's family carriage she followed the body to the grave, and tried to remember only the days in which he had been almost kind to her, and had seemed to be planning for her and Rex. Rex Hartwell had to be more than mourner. It had been so natural to associate him with his uncle of late years, that people fell into the habit of coming to him for directions as to what should or should not be done, and he gravely assumed the responsibility and did his best. Why not, since he was the only one left who bore the name? Suppose the broad acres and bank stock had been left to someone else. He did not intend to forget that the dead man was his uncle, and that during all these years he had clothed and fed and educated him. No mark of respect possible to offer to his uncle's memory should be omitted. The people, looking on, said it was real noble in the young man and Nanny Marvin, weeping and watching furtively his every movement, felt sure that this was true. Following hard upon these excitements came another, so great as to throw all others into the background. Behold, the new will that had been talked about, and the visible results of which had already been so disastrous to two lives, could not be found. The family lawyer affirmed that it had been made and witnessed and managed with all the forms of law, and then that the squire had taken it into his own keeping, rejecting almost haughtily his lawyer's offer to take care of it for him. He was by no means in his dotage, he had said, and was entirely capable of looking after his own papers. Apparently he had looked after his own so successfully that no human being could discover it. In vain they searched, and searched again, the squire's private room, his library, his writing-desk and closets, his large old books, some of them not opened before for years. It was not found. In vain the lawyer's young clerk, who had read many books of a certain character, and heard several detectives talk, searched the old house curiously for some secret drawer or panel like unto those in books, no trace of such mysteries could be discovered, and all were at last obliged to give up the search. The lawyer, who liked Rex Hartwell, and Nanny Marvin as well, but who liked, better still, to have everything connected with legal matters done decently and in order, was at first not a little disturbed. This seemed like playing with serious interests. Why should Squire Hartwell have taken hours of his valuable time and resisted sturdily all his attempts at advice, 
if he meant simply to destroy the will when made or supposing that he had after so short a time actually changed his mind why had he not communicated the fact to his man of business so that he might have been dignifiedly prepared for the change looked at from the standpoint of mere friendship it had a gratifying side the old lawyer was entirely willing nay glad that rex hartwell should come into possession of what was rightly his own but certainly the method of securing it was trying to a business man however after the lapse of weeks during which no possible suggestion had been overlooked and most skilful hands had assisted at the search even the lawyer admitted that there was no good cause for further delay the proper legal steps were taken therefore and rex hartwell came into formal possession of his fortune plans went forward briskly after that there were people who thought that under the circumstances the marriage might take place immediately but nanny and rex determined to show every outward mark of respect possible and it was therefore christmas again to which they and their neighbors were looking forward with an almost equal degree of eagerness it would be such a wonderful thing to have the handsome old stone house presided over by nanny marvin quite different they decided from having her there under squire hartwell's orders even though she was his nephew's wife didn't everybody know that the old squire would have managed her and her husband as well but now there was reasonable hope that the house would be thrown open to company as it had not been for nearly a quarter of a century they knew that nanny and rex would be the most delightful people to visit in view of all these experiences it was not strange that mr elliot's new hired man by keeping his ears open and occasionally asking a discreet question came into possession of the whole story he could even ask an inquisitive question without exciting any surprise the various scenes in the drama lived out before them had such intense interest for many of the simple country folk that they could well appreciate the interest of even a stranger what they would have thought could they have discovered that the would-be heir was actually mr elliot's hired tramp that individual often amused himself by wondering concerning this same heir there had been much wonderment as to how he bore the news of the lost will and what he would do about it the utmost that he had done was to insinuate through his lawyer as thorough a search for the missing property as it seemed possible to make and then to rest content he had money enough and his tastes did not lie in the direction of accumulation why should he care because the people who ought to have the old man's fortune had secured it it had been easy for him to put away all personal desires with this reasoning but when he found himself in the very neighborhood where these curious experiences had been he discovered that he had a keen personal interest in all the actors End of chapter nine